Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. If you didn't catch it last week, we had a special guest by the name of Somia Munjal. And I hope I pronounced that last name right. Um, but she is a serial entrepreneur and she is creating social change through socioeconomic empowerment of our youth and communities. And the work she's doing is incredible. And the lessons she has from her experience are very helpful. So uh, get inspired. Check out that episode with Somia and learn from from her experience, but how she is stimulating socioeconomic empowerment. This might give you some good ideas for the stuff that you're working on. And today we're going to be talking to a marketing expert, and I'm going to define that a little bit more. She's a funnel system creator, right? So this is her specialty is creating marketing funnels um, and using those as a system for efficiency because we all know that, you know, we have to get more clients and build our audience um, and we have to automate some of our processes. Otherwise, we're going to be spread too thin or get overwhelmed and we can, we're going to get stuck and stunt our growth because we can only handle so much. So then I have to start, once you get your roots laid down, you got to start creating these systems that can automate certain parts of the process and create more efficiencies, which then, of course, is more scale for you. So more scale in the impact you create and then more financial return to support that mission that you are on. Michelle has experience um, as an employee and a consultant working with companies like Microsoft and LinkedIn, um, and she's been very successful ever since she's really gone off on her own to just specialize in creating funnel systems for people. All right, guys, stay tuned. We're gonna jump into that conversation in just a second. Last but not least, two quick things. We are gonna be attending, and we're actually the official sponsors for the Buy Good, Feel Good Expo. This is in Toronto, coming in April. Guys, it is an awesome, awesome event that brings together the conscious business community, whether you are you know, a purchaser, right, and you're buying the goods, or you're a manufacturer, or a distributor, or an entrepreneur, they all are there, and this is a huge opportunity to network and make good partnerships. These partnerships scale your business. We did a video Video not long ago, just maybe about a week ago, where uh, I specifically talk about the experiences people have had. I share two stories about people who have really jump-started their businesses by going to conferences. And one of them was actually the Buy Good, Feel Good Expo. So that is amazing. That was kind karma that did that. So guys, uh, check that out. And that's the Buy Good, Feel Good Conference. Our team will be there. We'd love to see you there. Um, last but not least is the next edition of Change Creator Magazine, which is going to be with Joel Solomon. He's an impact investor. He's been doing this for over 30 years, trying to make a difference. Uh, his book, Queen Money, is killer. That's what inspired me to really interview him and put him on the cover. So his work and his, his advice for you as an entrepreneur is priceless. He tells you what do impact investors look for? What does he look for? Um, and I think you're going to learn a lot from this, this cover story. So hang tight. That's coming out February 15th. And if you haven't already noticed, guys, we put out the 2019 event guide. So look in the app. It's accessible to anyone, subscriber or not. Just open up the Change Creator app, 
and you're gonna see the event guide for 2019, all the updated dates. We added some new awesome events in there for you. So these are things you should be checking out. This is a huge business development opportunity. So hopefully you guys find value in that. Stop by, get the app if you don't have it yet. This is free for anyone to check out. All right guys, 2019 event guide. Um, you're gonna love it. Let's jump into this conversation with Michelle and see what we can learn about building funnel systems. I know you're gonna dig this. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Adam. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, looks like you got a lot of uh, interesting background experience and you're working on some cool stuff today. And uh, I'm changing up my approach a little bit here. And I'm going to just start off asking you, what are you doing right now? What are you working on? Oh, that's a good question. I, I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> I <gotcha>. um, <laughs> yeah, you caught me. Um, so right now I am working on a, a number of projects. I have, I, I don't know, like 17 different clients that I'm working <laughs> with on different um, marketing funnels and uh, and really trying to get the, the word out. And it's really fun because my clients vary all the way from a nonprofit who's doing amazing work in the world all the way to like health coaches and just a whole spectrum of people. So I love doing that work. Um, and, and that's really kind of what takes up my time these days is helping people make a bigger impact with their work in the world. Love it. Love it. So now that we understand where, where you are today and what you're doing, um, let's just kind of, let's see how you got there. So we just get a little bit of background. Um, so in a nutshell, I, I know you have some experience at Microsoft and things like that, but I just want to understand some of the stepping stones of how you learned about funnels, the experience you have, and you know what led you to go off on your own here? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, when I, way back when, when I was in college, I really wanted to have my own business, but I didn't have a clear vision for what that business could look like. And I felt like I had to have like millions of dollars. I don't know where I got that idea from, but I <laughs> felt like I had to have millions of dollars in order to start a business. And I was like, and you know, I can barely pay my rent. So that's not <laughs> happening. And so I, you know, I graduated from college. I went off to the corporate world and did a lot of great marketing stuff. I, I love all the experience I had there. And it really taught me the importance of not just kind of doing random acts of marketing. Um, but really having a solid strategy and a solid understanding of who I'm talking to, what their problem is, and how whatever I had to offer was going to help them solve it. And so I've been doing funnels since before people really even called them funnels. We just called them campaigns, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it really taught me how to get out of my like, I got to sell this thing mode and into the mode of who am I talking to? What are they worried about? And, you know, I got to do some really fun stuff. I worked at a startup. I worked in banking. I wouldn't necessarily call that fun, but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was good experience. And I worked at Microsoft. And so I had, uh, you know, the opportunity to work with tons of different kinds of offers and people. And, you know, towards the end of my time in, in a corporate job, I was really just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like I have, I, I really want to do work that matters and work that matters to me. Right. Um, and stop sort of like <laughs> churning and burning all of these things. How do I take all these skills that I have and how do I turn it into a business 
that actually matters. And so I don't know if you have a lot of, of your listeners who are like that, but I struggled with that for probably, I left Microsoft in January of 2012. And I would say probably from 2008 to 2012, I really was like, hemming and hawing on how do I, how can I make this work? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a point, you know, I I worked in corporate for 15 years and I think I had a very similar feeling, you know, and I know I can, I can align with you already your story, right? So it's that feeling of like, Hey, this is a great company, great job, but it's not really what I, in 10 years, what I want to be doing still. It's not my like purpose and it doesn't wake me up in the morning. Right. So it sounds like you had that kind of a epiphany and you got to a point where you're just trying to figure out. So, so what are the next steps? How do I, how do I course change? Yeah, it was. That's exactly right. I I mean, I, like I liked the work I was doing. I like the people I was with. Yeah. But I just didn't feel like this was the impact that I should be having with all this time that right. I was putting in. And then, you know, something happened. So for, you know, from like 2008 to 2000. 10, I would say I was really struggling with this. I, I went and did like a coaching certification. I was just trying to figure out how can I take what I do and turn it into a business. And I had my son in, um, July of 2011 and he was our third child. And that in, in, or in June of 2007 or 2011, I should say. (laughs) And I like, I'm getting confused. Um, and I won this huge award at Microsoft. And so when I was on my maternity leave, I came in to get my award. And then I met with my, my manager and he said, you know, Michelle, you've been a top performer. You've been in our high potential program, but because you're on maternity leave, I'm not going to support that for this next year. Mm. And I was just like, (sighs) it was one of, it was one of those like kick in the gut moments. And like, I'm not angry at him now, but at that point, if I had been a cartoon character, <laughs> I would have had like steam coming out of my ears. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And I looked at him and I was just like, I cannot believe that you're saying this to me. And I went home that night and I opened my business. So I'd been thinking about it for, for years. I mean, at that point I'd been in my corporate job for 16 years and I'd been really actively thinking about it for about three years. And I went home that night and I was just like, that's it. I'm done. And I opened my business and, you know, I didn't quit my job that day. I I took another seven months to figure it out. But I was just like, you know, this is the moment where I could say, I'm just going to kind of keep going this corporate route. Or I could say, you know what, I've been getting all of these little gut pulls (laughs) that it's time to go do something else. And this is sort of the mirror in my face that's saying, do you want to go make a different impact or not? And, and so I was angry in the moment, but as I thought about it later, I was like, you know what, this actually was that kick in the butt that I needed to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think a lot of people are going through this. Like we, we literally have had people come up, reach out to us who are lawyers and in other fields that just want to get away from that typical stuff. They're unhappy and they want to make that change. And you now you get to a point where you feel trapped almost like yep. I have all my experience in this, you know, in the healthcare space or as a lawyer. And now I'm trapped in that. And it's like really scary to change your trajectory completely and just be like, I'm going to do something different using the skills I have. Um, it's hard, it's hard to like wrap your head around. So, you know, just as a segue, um, what were some of the steps, you know, just for people listening, you know, who are in that situation. And I I know there's a bunch of them. 
what were some of the steps you take to you took to start? I guess mapping out like what's the plan because I know for myself, you know, before change career, there was three, four different ideas that all I worked and spent a lot of time on, but they just were not the right thing. And I just, it just, it was just playing around with ideas, you know. Yeah, and well, and I should be really transparent here. What I what I left and did when I first left my corporate job at Microsoft. It's not actually what I do now. Right. I've honed it over time. So I think the number one thing that I was doing and handcuffing myself to my job was feeling like I had to get it perfect because there was so much writing on it. And what I found is that it was this journey of really, yes, this, no, that, yes, this, no, that, just through different jobs and experiences. But specifically, from the time I made that choice to leave until January 2012 when I left... Um, like I, first of all, I didn't really know anybody who had their own gig, right? (laughs) Right, Like I didn't, the, the business owners that I knew had huge agencies that I would work with at Microsoft. And I was like, I'm not like, I can't see myself going from nothing to having a hundred people working for me. Right. Um, and so I was like, I, first and foremost, I need to find some people who, who do this (laughs) and, and understand like, what is it? So I went and I cultivated, uh, you know, I just reached out to my network and said, Hey, do you know anybody who's left a corporate job and is doing their own thing and loves it? (laughs) Like I just put that out on Facebook. I put that out on LinkedIn and, um, and I, you know, just a, a few people on LinkedIn, I should say, not like a public profile. <laughs> and, and I got some great names back and I, and I started just reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, can I meet up with you for coffee? Can we have a phone call? I just want to understand what that process looked like to go from your corporate gig to ro- working on your own. And I found probably like six or seven people who gave me such great insight and really the confidence to just start looking. And then the second thing I did is I started really taking inventory of what's the kind of, what are the kind of projects that I really enjoyed doing in my job? Yeah. I knew what I didn't like doing, but what did I enjoy doing? (laughs) Yeah. And then I started reaching out to, you know, people in my network and saying, Hey, I'm thinking about going out on my own. Um, do you ever hire anybody who does this kind of work? And it was really, it was just really low key. And I was just like, I just want to understand what it is you look for when you hire somebody. And so I just started asking a lot of questions of my network. And long and short of it is that when I left my job in January of 2012, I stepped right into contracts that more than covered what my salary had been. Mm. And so it made it much easier for me to make that transition uh, because I didn't have to uh, like... I knew that people wanted to hire me. I didn't, I wasn't super clear on exactly what I was. I mean, at that point it was just me. Um, and I, and I wasn't really clear on my message of what I could offer. I was basically like, you have a marketing need. What is it? Yes, I can do that. (laughs) And the truth is like, I, I, I could do a lot of marketing things, but, um, what I found is that there are certain projects that I just loved more than anything. And really that, narrowed down over time into marketing funnels and Facebook ads. And the reason I love that is that every business owner, you know, is struggles at least at first with having a consistent flow of new 
sales coming in the door, new clients, new students, new program participants, whatever it is. Mm. And I love helping people figure that out because I struggled with that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that leads me to a question, which is, you know, I, I, I feel like the, if you, so you had these clients, but I think a question or, uh, I guess an objection people have in their minds typically could be, well, if I'm going to go work with some, uh, larger client and you'll have to tell us, I guess the types of clients, like your ideal client that you work with, you said you had some lined up and if they were clients from historical work, like Microsoft, they'd probably be larger clients. I assume. Is that accurate? So when I first started, yeah, I worked with larger, I mean, I worked with Microsoft. I worked with, you know, pe- people who were in my network were at various startups, okay. tech companies, banks, that kind of gotcha, stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So that helps. So, cause what people will start thinking is, well, if they have like a, you know, a seven figure, eight figure, um, you know, revenue for the year, then wouldn't they be hiring like an, a team, like an agency and a team? Like, why would they hire just me? Cause of my expertise, you know, like, so how do you overcome that kind of a challenge where people with bigger budgets, like why hire you versus, uh, an agency that has a whole team ready to go for them? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, and I should say that now I only, I only work with two really big clients now I've really switched more to much smaller businesses. Okay. And it's not because of this. It's just because I love the impact um, that it has, but I will say this. So people at Microsoft, you know, when I was at Microsoft, I would hire individuals, Um, people at Microsoft that I know I have one client there that I just love and continue to do work with. But Um, They hire individuals because A, they have really deep expertise and B, they know who they're getting. If you hire an agency, a big agency, you don't know necessarily who's going to be working on your job (laughs) and they may not know your business. They may not know what you have. And a lot of times people in fast moving businesses, they want you to already be up to speed. They want you to come in as an expert understand the landscape quickly and execute like they are, um, their, their career, their career trajectory is based on getting results. And so if they have to hire an agency and then they get some newbie that doesn't know anything, it can really have a major impact on them. So if you position yourself as an expert that you can come in and make stuff happen quickly, boy, you're ahead of the game. Oh, very interesting feedback. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, so, you know, we'll get into some of the actual uh, marketing stuff. Um, and before we do, though, I'm curious, you know, one of the challenges we hear from people that ask us questions all the time, and I'd like to hear your perspective and, and methods is, okay, so you had some clients right out of the gate, but sooner or later, you know, like you said, you have two larger clients left and maybe they are uh, from, you know, earlier days or not, but at some point you got to get new clients and you're having an impact with, um, you know, smaller teams and startups. So what is your most successful method for finding those clients? And, you know, how do you do a cold pitch? And I think people struggle with all these little variables because you could tell someone like, yeah, you know, you go to LinkedIn, you do this and that, but then it gets into like the variables. Like, what do you say in the copy? How do you get in touch with someone? How do you position yourself and all that stuff? So, and obviously you don't have to get into everything, but I'm just curious about the approach and, and what works for you. 
Yeah. So it's really interesting. I mean, when you ask that question, there's a lot of nuance to that question. <laughs> so let's let's start at the beginning. Um, so when I first left, I mean, I was dealing with a warm network, right? I was dealing with people who had worked with me, who knew me, who knew the kind of work I could do. Yeah. Like I didn't really have to sell myself very much. It was more like you got a you got a project. I got some skills. Like let's come together. <laughs> That's <right>? the best. <laughs> yeah, and but the thing is about that is that it's a fabulous way to start. But Adam, what I found, and I don't know if you found this, is that those projects run out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> People move on to new jobs. You know their budgets are cut. You know whatever. Yeah. And so then you're on these this income roller coaster where it's like feast or famine all the time. And I was like, okay, I can't just rely on friends to throw me a bone. Like, I need to actually get some sort of process in place to bring a steady stream of clients into my business. And and I tried a lot of stuff. Like, I'm not even going to lie. In fact, I'll tell you why I'm so passionate about marketing funnels is that I got sucked into this mastermind with somebody who has a multi seven figure a year business. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this person knows something that I don't know about scaling and growing. Yeah. And I need to understand this. And so I joined this mastermind. It was $30,000 for a year plus lots of travel costs and stuff. And I got in there and this person was all about get to as many events as you can <laughs> shake as many hands as you can, get as many business cards as you can, and then just start cold calling. Yeah. And I was like, um, how am I going to sell marketing if I literally <laughs> am cold calling? But this person has a multi seven figure your business. I'm going to listen. Sure. So I did it. For nine months, I went to over 50 events. What? And I'm not talking just local ones. I'm talking all over the place. Sounds expensive. It was really expensive. Time, money, energy expensive, yeah, right? Yeah. And I um, added over 2,000 business cards to my, you know, CRM, my Rolodex, whatever you want to call it. And I did over 1,000 calls in that time because <clears throat> I was just calling people after each event. And I made a big fat zero in sales. Get out of here. Nothing because I didn't have a process. And that's the piece that this mentor didn't um, believe in. It's having a process because this person was extremely charismatic and could really talk anybody into anything. But that's not me. That's not me at all. I wanted to find, you know, common ground. I wanted to make sure it was a good fit. And so I just wasn't making sales. And I was like, you know, forget this. I'm going to go back to doing a marketing funnel. And I put together a super simple marketing funnel. So I had met all these people at all these events. And so I had their email addresses. Um, and I put together a PDF that was like your one page marketing system. And I said, and I sent out an email that said, Hey, if you want this PDF, click here to download it. Once they downloaded it, they got to a a page that said, Hey, thanks for downloading. It'll be in your inbox in just a minute. But in the meantime, do you want to make it easier to have clients coming in your door? And I should preface this with saying I had a number of clients at this point. I just hadn't made any new sales in that time. Yeah. And I knew how to do marketing funnels. I had just abandoned it for my own business. And I was like, forget this. I'm going back to it. And within three weeks of sending out that first email, I was sold out. I sold over $60,000. And like, I didn't become 
a great salesperson overnight. It was simply because I, I warmed up my audience. I invited them to have a call with me and I set the stage for why my offer was good for them. And that was, was that the job of the PDF? Cause you know, I, I, we all do these like little media kits or one pagers and it's, you know, the collateral for either your process, your product or whatever you think is relevant for that particular client. I'm curious if uh, you could share a little bit about the PDF. Like what was that hook? Was that the, was there a hook in that or was it more just about getting them on the phone? Well, look, I had had over a thousand calls with people and they were great calls. Like, let's just call this um, market research. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I knew what people in my audience were struggling with. I just wasn't good at, um, at forcefully selling it on the phone, right, I should yeah, say. Yeah. And so what I did in this PDF is I just laid out how to solve that issue. And in a way that it was really straightforward and simple and people are like, yes, I want that. And then I should say, I sent a couple. So I sent that first email with that invite to the PDF, but then I had a couple follow-up that talked about some of the client success stories that I'd had. And I highlighted, you know, a story or two here or there to say, look, this is what's possible when we do this work. And people were like, I want that. I want that for my business. And so I knew what my audience was struggling with. So all those sales calls weren't a waste of time because it really helped me get into the mind of who I was talking to. Um, And, but it was up to me to take all that insight and to lay it out in a way that people are like, Oh, I understand what you do. I get this. This sounds like what I need. Yep. Yep. I mean, everybody needs marketing. So if you can position it in the way that obviously that market research, this is what we tell people too, like in our course and everything, any mentorship is like, you have to talk to people. Like, I don't care how you do it, but you've got to figure out how to talk to your potential customers and people that are relevant and really uh, hear them out. Don't just send out a survey (laughs) over email. Right. And it sounds like it brought you a ton of value. And once you can get into the story that's in their mind and hit those issues, um, that one pager becomes very powerful. Yeah, it does. And, um, and even more than that, it got people ready for the right conversation because you're right. Everybody needs marketing, but marketing is a very difficult to pinpoint term, right? If I say, Hey, Adam, I do marketing. You're, you're like, I don't know if you're thinking, you know, social media. I don't know if you're thinking writing blog posts. I don't know if you think video, like marketing is huge. And so that was one of the problems that I had in my message before is that I was way too broad. I was so afraid of missing out on opportunities. And so I was so broad and I wasn't willing to sort of narrow down to say, you know, marketing funnels as a system. Yeah. And so I was missing people because they were like, yeah, I need marketing, but that just sounds like way too much work to figure out how you could help me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you, you just made it painted a very clear picture, got your positioning right. Um, things started to click. And I think anybody listening, it's like sometimes this stuff takes time. Like you don't just whip it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you got to do those calls. You got to do the research and make it a feedback loop. Make it something you do quarterly or every other month. And then the, that one pager, um, send it out. Right. I don't know if you agree, Michelle, but send it out to 10, 20 people. See what happens. Send it out to, an, yeah. you know, you might have to pivot the way you are telling the story. For sure. 
for sure. And the thing is, is that once you get a, a marketing funnel in place, like I had that simple one, I used it seven or eight times before I changed my branding um, to more hone in on this. And I didn't have to do a lot of extra work each time. I might like update an email, but um, but other than that, it was pretty much ready to go. And it worked every time. And so it's worth doing that research and setting the stage because when you know the conversation already happening in your audience's head, boy, is it a lot easier to break through all the noise out there because they're like, oh, you get me. That's exactly what I've been looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's get into the funnel goodness now because that's always fun. Um so you get these clients. I mean, you got to put your personal energy into these projects. So basically you're setting up these systems and helping them create, you're helping them create an automated process. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how do you get into the heads of their audience? Yeah. So I used to build funnels for businesses, but now I only do it with them because I really feel as the business owner, you need to, this is the piece that you need to own. When you understand your audience at a deep level, there's, it's just, you have such a different approach to your business. And so I have something called the funnel persuasion playbook that we go through. And there's a number of exercises that we do to really dive into the minds of the audience that we're trying to reach. Because until we know that it doesn't matter what Facebook ads we do. It doesn't matter what social media posts we do. It doesn't matter about any of that stuff because we're probably just going to be missing the mark. We have to spend time there. Yeah, absolutely. And so we do, so we do a lot of things, uh, depending on if they have, um, clients or not. I mean, if somebody doesn't have clients then it's a different path than somebody who does. And it's really just a matter of understanding what's your biggest pain. What's your, you know, what are the stories that you tell yourself about why you can't overcome that pain right now? What is it that you really want? And one of my favorite questions to ask somebody is, you know, if you just had a magic wand and you could just make everything perfect. What would that look like? What would that feel like? How would you wake up in the morning? Like really describe to me what that looks and feels like. Right. Um, because those words that come out of people's mouths, they're absolute marketing gold. There's nobody that's smart enough to like, you know, use ESP to understand what's going on in people's heads. You have to ask and you have to be willing to just listen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true because I think that's a challenge people have is like, great, I can figure out how to have a conversation with someone, but then what are the right questions to ask to, to get the information that I need? And, um, you know, it is those bigger questions, right? Um, you know, what, what, what the, the biggest dream is. And if you had a magic wand, like that, those types of things really get that open-ended conversation out of their mind. And then you can really see like what keeps them up at night, basically. Yeah. And then for, for the business owner, it's really understanding what are you for and what are you against? So when you take a look at it, because you have to make choices in how you're going to message and how you're going to connect with people. And so matching up, you know, what's going on in your audience's mind and what they're looking for and what you stand for and how you can 
you know, uniquely solve what they're, what they are struggling with. That is where the magic is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And so do you use, um, you know, quick funnels, any particular software that you love or just whatever websites they have and you're just mapping them out? Yeah. So personally I use click funnels, but, um, but I have clients who are on tons of different systems. Right. I mean, we have Kajabi, we have optimized press, we have lead pages. We even have just, you know, regular old WordPress, like thrive themes or something. Yeah. Um, like I'm fairly tech neutral. I personally love click funnels because I can build a funnel and I can give it to you. And then you just have to, you know, make it work for your yeah. um, business, like putting your logo and stuff. But, um, but I don't force people to do that. It, I've, I've seen people struggle with tech a lot and I'm like, just choose something that gets you out there and lets you test. Like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) just don't, don't struggle too much. Just get something up and out there. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And you know, we've spoken to Russell Brunson and, um, quick funnels has, we haven't taken the plunge ourselves, but we're, um, you know, we, we've been thinking about it a lot. So I always ask and see, and I know a lot of people love it, man. So it's, it is a pricey, um, uh, program, but it's very, very powerful and it does so many different things. So very much worth it. Yeah. And I always say like pricey compared to what, because if you spend three months trying to figure trying to like <laughs> do all the back end stuff, exactly. you're, you're losing a lot of opportunity too. So, well, Ryan, what do you got to do? You sell one or two courses or whatever, get a client. You need one client a month to pay for it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. So, and it's $97 a month. So for oh, me, using, that's like, okay. So they have the 300 and then you got the 97. So you're, yep. you're comfortable and getting what you need out of the 97 a month. For sure. Yeah. That's where I always start people at. Just, just don't even commit long-term. Just do it for one month. Get your first 14 days free. Uh, but I don't, I, I, um, have used the email system on there and I, like, I love Russell too. I think he's a great marketer. He um, I don't love their, uh, action at express. So. Okay. And that was a big, that was a big part of the, yeah, the $300 one. Anyway, I don't want to get too far into, yeah, models, yeah, yeah. but, um, okay. So, so we're coming up to the end of our time here, but let's, um, I just want to dabble a little bit more, um, on uh, the Facebook and funnel um, synchronization and marriage, right? So I think these are just so such interesting and powerful uh, talking points. So do you have a few more minutes to chat on it? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And I know like just from our conversation, we always are talking to our audience and we know where they're struggling. So I'm going to try to do them a favor here and tap into your mind on this. Um, so, you know, we, you talked a little bit about getting in the minds of people and I think, you know, there's a number of, of ways we can do that, but as far as like setting up the funnels and things, do you, um, what are some of the recommendations you have for, um, I guess getting started in the development and I guess rollout? you know, you got the Jeff Walker, uh, pre-launch, you got the, uh, Russell Brunson, Russell Brunson webinar approach is there based on your own experience, what have you seen to be a good way to ease into like testing the funnels with these ads and not blowing thousands of dollars out of the gate? Yeah, that's a really good question, Adam, a really good question. So I actually have five different funnels that I usually, um, will help people choose the one that best fits where they are right now. Okay. Um, so here's the deal. If you've never done a funnel before, if you've never done a webinar before, 
a webinar funnel is not a good one to start with. (laughs) You should start with something simpler. And the reason I say that is that a webinar itself takes a lot of time and effort to create. And then there's all the stuff that goes around it and it can just bury you. But if you start small, the beautiful things about funnels is that they're just like Legos. You can build one layer and then you can build another layer on top of it. So if you get one layer, let's say is um, like a list building funnel with maybe a little tiny bump offer at the back, like a $7 offer to maybe a $47 offer. Boy, you can start bringing people into your business. You can make a little bit of money so you can keep bringing more people into your business. And then when you get your webinar done, you just put that on the back end of your funnel. And it, it works better than trying to build this mammoth thing from the beginning. So that's number one is that I always say, like, let's start with what skills you currently have, what assets you currently have, and what's the fastest way that we can get something out there and start testing it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That Um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you wait and you build some mammoth thing and it takes you six months, first of all, you've lost a lot of opportunity, but second of all, um, you probably won't finish. I have seen it happen with people before and they come to me and they're like, I thought that I could do this on my own and I just can't. I'm like, okay, let's just take what you have. Let's get something up and test and we could just keep adding to it. Yeah, no, I mean, hundred percent agree. It's, it's super overwhelming. Once you get down to the details of everything you really need to do to make it work, uh, it's a lot. And, um, you know, even our first, uh, course that we rolled out is, you know, we had a team of four people to build that. It was not a solo thing. So guys, you know, like doing these things on your own. Um, I love the idea of starting small, like even this month we're bringing on Ann May Chang and, um, Eric Reese from lean startup. And we're all about that minimum viable approach. So I think it applies to all these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, and, and that's not, not, it's not taking away from Jeff Walker's approach. Cause it definitely works. I just think you don't start there. <laughs> I agree. No, it's overwhelming. I mean, even the Jeff Walker approach, I mean, it's like, you know, I think once you have a small team in place and you have people who you can delegate and you have support, like it makes it easier. Or if you at least have some more experience in building these things, it'll be more efficient. But starting small is really important. And I think I like the Lego, um, you know, analogy because you're right. You can keep building onto these things. I think people get eager though, Michelle, right? It's like, you know, you're eager because, well, you know, you want to start seeing the money come in, you you know, selling a $7 thing is not going to replace your salary very quick. (laughs) Well, not only do we want, do we get eager with, you know, wanting to make money, but we see people who are five, 10 years into this process and they make it look so easy. And so we want to emulate that. And I know, look, Adam, when I say we, like I'm raising my hand, I'm firmly in that camp because I've made that mistake and I've had things just bomb on me. (laughs) And it's not until I, you know, built that solid foundation that things really worked. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes time. So uh, let's wrap up with one um, uh, interesting failure story to let people know that you're human, too. Yeah. Aside from my thousand sales calls that went <laughs> yeah, nowhere, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just like true. wanting me to just open a kimono and let everything out. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I will go into this. So before I joined that, that mastermind, I, um, I was doing these, uh, career planning workshops in corporate America and I was selling them for between eight and $15,000 for a four hour workshop. Mm. 
And so they were selling like hotcakes and I was like, oh my gosh, I have something that's so awesome. I'm going to turn around I'm going to put it into an online course and it'll sell like hotcakes there too. So I took exactly what I did in the, in the in-person workshop and I put it into a course and I rolled it out and I got zero sales. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't, uh, because basically I was just approaching it just how I did with selling to the corporate world. Right. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what did I do? Because yeah. I put so much time and effort into that. And again, it wasn't until I first of all, realized that I, I really didn't like doing these workshops. But second of all, I was like, I didn't lay the foundation. Nobody knew about me. Nobody was excited about this. Like I was just like, ta-da world, buy my course. Right. And it was a big wake up call that, you know, you don't just roll things out and have people, you know, whip out their wallets and throw money at you. <laughs> you have to lay the foundation for what you're offering. You have to build an audience. It, like you need to put in the work in order to see the results on the other side. Right. So building trust. And, and so, you know, that's that whole pre-launch phase of, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting people to take notice about what you're doing. And that might be, and you, you talked about some, I think I watched one of your videos, you know, giving out freebies, but, you know, relevant freebies where it kind of leads the conversation towards, you know, the product that you have and it makes sense. Right. So it's all tied together. Yeah, I call it, you know, you have to invite or you have to warm people up before you invite them in. You have to invite them in and then set the stage. And once you set the stage, that's when you can make the offer. Exactly. But until you've done that pre-work, if you try to make an offer, it's going to be like trying to push a boulder up a mountain. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why people do a lot of the um, the webinar stuff and then the videos. But you're right. Like that stuff is like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to like you do not have to start there. The, it, you can make the warm up and the invite in simple and you can set the stage simply just like I did with my simple email, my simple one page PDF that I made in Word and, you know, some simple emails that I just wrote. Like, it does not have to be hard, but you do have to lay the foundation. 100%. Yeah. And are you, I'm looking at your website now, you have a lot of, you're, you're working with people directly. Are you doing any courses and things like that? Yeah, I have a course called Build Your Funnel Bootcamp that basically takes people exactly through how to build out your first profitable funnel. Okay. And before people dive into that, I always say, let's figure out which funnel's right for you so that you don't get overwhelmed. Because within the course, I, I take you through how to do five different kinds of funnels, but I say, only do one at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is good advice. And I don't see that, though, on your website. Am I missing it? You might be. You have to go through a funnel to get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see. See that, guys? Uh, she's got the funnels everywhere. <laughs> I do. I have 19 of them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, Michelle loves funnels, and that's why she's good at it. So anybody listening, you know, check out MichelleEvans.com. Very simple uh, website to remember. And... She's there to help. So if you got a business, you're looking for marketing support because you know what? Sometimes you just want to delegate and get get hands-on support because doing these things yourself is a real uh, time suck. You know, if you don't know what you're doing. Yep. So check out Michelle. See what she's up to. She's got a good head on her shoulders and lots of good success. Um, Michelle, any final words? Uh, any where people can find you? Things you want to point them at? Yeah, I mean, if you want to figure out which funnel might be right for you, 
I actually have a really simple quiz that you can take right there at the website too. That mm-hmm. michellelevans.com forward slash quiz. And it'll just ask you a few questions and it'll tell you which funnel's right for you. Awesome. Well, there you go, guys. So check it out, michellevans.com. Michelle, thanks so much. Had a lot of fun talking marketing with you and hearing your story. Thanks for having me. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast.